You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Episode number 55 of that one time on tour is brought to you by Artist Flags. Artist Flags provide high quality band flags, band backdrops, and stage scrims. They don't skimp on the material that they use either, and they guarantee a fast turnaround for their products. All of the products that they produce are guaranteed to be durable and made from the highest quality materials imaginable. So if you have a band and you need some promotional items, Hit up Artist Flags over at artistflags.com and tell them that Chris from that one time on tour sent you. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road. Hey guys and girls, what's going on? This is Chris Swinney. As always, I am your host for that one time on tour. If if you didn't know, this is my podcast where I get to sit down and talk to someone in or around the music slash entertainment industry. Thank you so much for listening to last week's episode with Kevin from Candlebox. It was so much fun. I'm so glad he came back on the show. If if you if, if you're an avid listener to the podcast, you know that at one point he was on the show and my computer ate the file. And so he came back. He was such a great guy. And hopefully we'll have Kevin back in the future when Candlebox released their new record. But uh, if you guys, you know, if they're going to be playing in your town, go check them out. Candlebox is amazing and you will not regret going. This week on the show, it's a little bit different. I am speaking with my good friend and tattoo artist, Mr. Jacob Harrison. Uh, he owns Permanence Tattoo Gallery over in Anderson, Indiana. It is I believe it's 1007 Meridian Street in downtown Anderson. They are a sponsor of the show. So if you guys are in East Central Indiana, or if you just want to travel to get a really good tattoo, you need to go to Permanence Tattoo Gallery. It's, it's at Permanence Tattoo Gallery on all the social medias. But uh, Jacob and I had a really good time. I got tattooed while we were doing the podcast, and I thought it was kind of a unique, cool thing, and I didn't know why no one had ever done it before. And then I realized quickly into doing it that the machine 
is very annoying. <laughs> so I hope you guys can get through this because Jacob and I talk about a lot of really cool stuff. I mean, we hit on music, art, we, his whole story of how he came to be a tattoo artist. We talk about politics, which I never really talk about politics. We talk about so much stuff and you guys are going to really enjoy it. I know it's a little bit different. We don't have a musician on this week, but you know, this is my podcast, man, and I can do whatever the hell I want. So I hope you guys like it. And if you don't, I liked it. So whatever. But uh, I am trying to get this done early because I am leaving to go on a little trip. My wife and kids and I are going to see my in-laws in Birmingham, Alabama, and it's going to be really hot, but they have a swimming pool, and I'm really excited about that. So I'm trying to get this done a little bit early, so I'm going to keep this thing short and sweet. I told you about Jacob Shop Permanence. They are a sponsor. I also, at the top of this podcast, you heard the little commercial I did for Artist Flags. Artist Flags has signed back on to be a sponsor. If you guys have a band, you need scrims, you need backdrops, go to artistflags.com. They are amazing. Cody over there will take care of you. Please tell them that you heard about them on our show so then they understand that, wow, it's working. We're, we're getting out. We're getting the word out to people that want to know about it. So uh, that's it for the sponsors. We had a band sponsor that fell through for this episode, and I was trying to grab another one, but you know, I just I had to get it done. So if you do have a band out there and you are interested, I have some amazing episodes coming up that you just you would be crazy not to want to sponsor. And I work with all budgets. I'm just trying to keep the lights on. So uh, hit me up if you want to become a sponsor at tototpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure that you are following us on all of the socials. I hang out mostly on Instagram. It's at tototpodcast. And uh, wherever you listen, if it's on Apple, Cool, Spotify, wherever, we're everywhere. You can even go to like iHeartRadio. We're on everything you can even imagine. If there is a place where you listen that you can subscribe, rate, and review, please do so because it helps with the visibility and it helps this podcast grow. So I'm not going to say anything else. I'm done gabbing. I'm not going to do a top five. I'm saving some for next week, but um, I hope you guys are doing great out there and I really appreciate you listening and I'm going to jump right into my conversation with my good buddy, Mr. Jacob Harrison, owner of Permanence Tattoo Gallery in downtown Anderson, Indiana. Here we go. Okay, and uh, I'm at Permanence Tattoo Gallery with my buddy, Jacob Harrison. Jacob, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How that, are you? That's great. <laughs> We're going to try this. This is like a live podcast, and I'm getting tattooed. I'm getting my son and daughter's names on my hand, so it's going to be pretty painful. And uh, just to add time to the podcast. I'm also going to get the Alexis on fire heart skull on my hand. So, uh, here we go. We're going to, we're going to get tattooed. Cool. All right, man. And I'm just going to ask Jacob some questions as we do this. There you guys can hear that. That's the, uh, the tattoo machine. Not stoked for how this feels. Let me see how it feels before I start asking questions. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty bad. So, Jacob, uh, you are from Anderson, Indiana. Did you grow up in Anderson? I did. Born and raised here, yeah. So what got you into art? Like, Because, I mean, you're a great tattoo artist. You've tattooed me. You tattooed my wife. I know you've tattooed Chris Rowe, my buddy from the Ataris. What, what, have you always been into art? Um, my dad got me into art, actually. He's a drawer, and he, he drew when I was a kid, and that was kind of like a big thing for me back then was... 
want to be like my old man, you know, so learn to draw. What kind of stuff did your dad draw? Superheroes. Superheroes. So was yeah. that kind of the first thing that you started doing? Probably. Yeah. Um, I remember I went to a, like a private Christian school when I was a kid and I remember we were at like a function for school and we sat in the cafeteria with my dad and all the kids kind of sat around and my dad just would draw like Wolverine or Batman or whatever. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And it was almost like he was the Kings Island boardwalk illustrator guy, you know? So <laughs> yeah, so that was kind of the stuff I, that was my entrance into drawing was that. So did you like <clears throat> at school, did you excel in like art class or? Nope. I took art for one semester in high school and then I quit to join show choir <laughs> show choir and i never i never really messed with art again until i got out of high school so what was the catalyst for that once you were out of high school to kind of get back into it um i turned 18 and i started getting tattooed and um i had a buddy in high school that he became a piercer he was like apprenticing when we were still in high school and so i kind of got my first tattoo at the shop he was working at and uh that's when I kind of learned, you know, you can tattoo and make money. Like it's a, it's a job. It's like a legitimate career, you know? And yeah. so I was like, well, if I get good at drawing, maybe I can start tattooing. So I knew I kind of had some sort of basis there for, for drawing. And I just took that and worked on it more until I thought I was all right. And yeah, that was kind of how I got back into drawing was wanting to learn to tattoo. Well, what's the, what's the process like? Cause I know as a musician, you just have to, you know, practice. I'm sure it's the same thing, but do you just sit around drawing all day? Yeah. So I would, I would trace a lot. So it was like the way I kind of was taught was almost like muscle memory, you know? So if you trace a rose enough times, you eventually learn to draw a rose without having to trace it. So it was like, I wanted to learn to tattoo. So I would just trace a bunch of tattoo imagery until I got comfortable enough where I thought I could draw it by just looking at it. And so that's kind of the process, you know, it's trace it or, I mean, draw it poorly a lot more times than if you were just were to trace it a couple times, you know, yeah, and do that until you got it <laughs> or somewhat got it. Sorry. I just, that, that stung. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. You got to earn them, you know, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So when you, you know, we're getting into art, you're, you're getting better at drawing. Did you apprentice at a shop? I did. Yeah. I apprenticed very briefly the... I tried to apprentice under almost every single shop in this town, you know, and I was just really hungry for it, and uh, it just didn't work out at a lot of places, and then I didn't have a car at the time. My wife and I were actually kind of homeless, and so I rode a bicycle everywhere, and so I just was defeated. I'd been told no over and over again, so I was riding my bicycle home and rode past the tattoo shop. And I was like, oh, I didn't see that one. And so we went home, got my wife. I was like, let's go to that one. And we went to that one. And I got an apprenticeship there. And then the shop closed after like six months of me being there. So, What's the process like? Because I know that, you know, I've known people that have apprenticed before and usually have to spend a lot of money to be an apprentice. Sometimes they just let you do yeah, it. Yeah. So traditionally, I mean, some people charge for sure. I feel like if you charge... No big deal. I feel like you get to the same the same education if you don't charge, if you go to the right person. But really, it's you're paying with your time. Um, I definitely paid with my time. Um, you're there every day before they open and after they close, and you're 
you're cleaning, you're drawing, you're you're setting up people's stations, you're breaking down their stations when they're done, and you're just kind of learning all the grunt work that you're going to have to do eventually on your own. So it's almost like, uh, I don't know, it, it it's the whole point is to like make you do the things that later on when you're not an apprentice anymore, you might not want to do, Yeah. but you just have to learn to do them. So you're doing them for other people first. Were you were you tattooing like oranges and stuff? Dude, I tattooed a walk in my first day. <laughs> That's awesome. It was terrible. And the girl works at the chicken place that my wife used to like to go to, and I always was dreading her working at the window. Even now, if I go there, I, I hope I never see her again. <laughs> I mean, we were just talking before we started up. I, I think that if you're heavily tattooed, you should have some tattoos you don't like. I know I have some that I don't like. I'm sure you do as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, and I, I hope the one that girl hates the least is the one I did, but I doubt that's the case. Yeah, there's some uh, <laughs> some bad tattoos in Indiana, as I'm sure For there sure. are all over the country. You have to have one. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we'll just keep. You know, this is a tangent thing. We'll just keep talking. Yeah. So you apprenticed. Now, what was like your first tattoo that you did where you felt like, wow, okay, I cracked the code. Like I actually kind of know what I'm doing now. Okay. And it looks good. Yeah. So. Let's see. That was probably like, honestly, it was probably like two years into me actually tattooing. I did a tattoo on my buddy Sammy, and I remember it was he was in the bathroom at the shop, and he was taking a pee, and he looked up and saw a design on the wall. He's like, "I want that one." And so I'm doing this tattoo, and I got done. And I was like, "Man, that that actually turned out kind of how I wanted it to." And it was like that was the first time I had that almost like aha moment, like maybe I don't suck as bad as I've been telling myself I do. And uh, as soon as I felt that, I had to like instantly undo that so I wouldn't get ahead of myself, you know? <laughs> but that was like, that was the moment for sure. And what was the tattoo that you did? Do you remember? It was a skull and crossbones in the ditch of his arm. And it said, uh, as like, like you, I was like me, you'll be. Okay. Yeah. Like pretty old school traditional. Yeah. Yeah. Is that your chosen style that you kind of enjoy to do? For sure, yeah. I like anything that I know is going to be there in 50 to 100 years, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and if it's something I can take a, a not-so-traditional image and make it classic-looking, I that would just make my day, you know? I mean, and for the listeners out there that aren't that into tattoos, like the traditional like Americana-type stuff, is bold outlines, you know, just a few colors. Because back in the day, you didn't have... 800 colors to choose from. Yeah, you had right? like five. Yeah, you had like five colors. Yeah. So what what do you think about, you know, other styles? Do you feel like you're kind of a master of all styles? Do you have a style that's kind of your kind of your Achilles heel? Um, I definitely think I I wouldn't say I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. I I will definitely do my best to do any tattoo that comes in, but there are plenty of things I'll just turn away. Like color realism, that's something I I definitely don't do at all, and that's mainly because I feel like if you do that stuff, usually the guys that do that stuff, guys and girls do that stuff, they they only do that stuff, yeah. and so it's not one of those things where you could go from doing like a traditional anchor and banner to doing like a color portrait of a gorilla. You know, <laughs> I don't think you're going to do either of them justice that way. So well, and that kind of leads me into a question I had. I always ask tattoo artists, you know, your thoughts on Ink Master because the thing yeah. that I I watched the show. I think it's very entertaining. But 
the people on there, you'll have people that can, you know, do color realism and it looks like a sticker. Yeah. But you ask them to do an anchor. Yeah. And they can't do it. Right. Outlines are scary for some people, you know? Yeah. Like, there's there's always a guy or two on there that just doesn't even use outlines whatsoever. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I, I definitely, I don't hate the show at all. I feel like the show definitely has uh, helped tattooing way more than it's hurt it, you know? It's, it's gotten more people interested in tattoos that normally wouldn't be, you know? But, uh, yeah, I, I, those guys... I, with the title of Ink Master, you know, I feel like if you're going to call yourself the Ink Master, you got to be. You should be a master. You got to be the master of all the ink. You know, you yeah. got to be able to do anything, at least somewhat well. I just, I, I'm always excited when they have like American Traditional Day on oh, the yeah. show. It's always scary for some people, but then it never turns out great. There's yeah. maybe one or two people on there that do it, and then everybody else doesn't. You know. Yeah, the guy that won two or three seasons ago, uh, Dave Cruzman, that dude. He slays everything, yeah. and he's a just classic traditional tattooer. But he's he's competent enough with all the other styles to do a tasteful version of it, you know. And he deserved it for sure. Was there has there ever been a tattoo that came in the door that you didn't turn away, but it scared you, like Ooh. really scared you to do? Ooh, yeah, uh, good yeah, question. Probably. Right? This one I'm doing right now. <laughs> Oh, no letters, no. letters, <laughs> letters. No, uh, probably. Usually, black and gray stuff. Uh, that stuff always intimidates me a little bit, even though I know I can do it and I can I can do a passable job that they can be proud of. But just when you see so many guys out there that can make it look like the things breathing at you, yeah, it's a little intimidating. But if I just have to remind myself, you know, I'm holding myself to the standard of me. It does. Yeah. It gets a little less scary. So I know that you. Uh, you said that you got the intern or not internship, the apprenticeship at that shop. Yeah. What was your next step? Because I that was probably a long time ago, right? Yeah, it was 2010. Okay. So I start. I did my first tattoo in 2009 on Halloween, and then um, that shop closed. And the, it was kind of a poor choice getting into that shop, just because you know there's a reason why they hired me and nobody else did, is because you know all the other shops were how they kind of should be a little close close to the chest, you know, a little yeah. guarded. And anybody that worked at the shop I ended up apprenticing at was kind of like the the thorn in the side of all the other shops in town. So I really had no options locally to to go work after that. That and the guy that taught me probably shouldn't have taught me. Uh, he wasn't that good himself. But uh, I, I went to Muncie after that. I tattooed at a shop there. And, uh, well, I that was... I tattooed at my house for a little bit between yeah. between the apprenticeship and Muncie, just out of necessity, you know. Are there laws like against that? I know, like I've gone to tattoo yeah. parties and stuff. It's a felony. Wow, wow. Yeah, it's like basically the same thing as like operating a medical facility without a license. You know, yeah. it's like specifically in in this county that I live in and work in, it's very strict. But back then, you know. I didn't have a house. I was I needed to eat, <laughs> so I was like, uh, "You want me to color a picture on you? Yeah, let's do it, man." You so know? you were doing it out of your house. So you mm -hmm. went to Muncie. Yeah. How long was it before you thought I'm going to open my own shop? Ooh, that I worked in Muncie in 2011. I didn't open up my my shop until I got the idea to do it in September, October of 2015. So it was yeah, a good four or five years from me getting on my feet until I decided to do it. You know. Um, do you feel like you learned quite a bit working over there in Muncie? Um, I did. I I worked in Muncie for about a year. Um, the shop's still there. They they do really well. It's a classic shop. 
but it really, it taught me more about what I didn't learn during my apprenticeship. It was okay. like, man, I, there are so many things I was clueless to, you know, and it uh, really uh, gave me a, a good entrance into what tattooing really is. And I, I'm grateful for it. That's cool, man. So you opened up permanence first or was there something prior to that? Permanence was first. Um, I worked, I, I worked a couple shops after Muncie. I went to Greenfield. We'll switch. If you want to do the, um, that looks great. Everybody yeah. out there, you can't see it, but I'm sure I'll post pictures. That looks really, really good. Dig it. Cool. Yeah. Right on. Okay. So let's switch hands now. All right. Here we go. On to the lady. Okay, yeah, so I, I worked in Muncie, then I went to Greenfield, worked in Greenfield for a, a stint, and then I always wanted to be back in Anderson. I'd never lived, I've never lived outside of Anderson, so I was always commuting to these places. And when I worked in Muncie, I didn't have a car, so I was taking a cab to work, or my parents would drop me off after church, you know. But uh, yeah, then I finally moved back. It's a back total to Indiana story. It's like, hey, after church, will you drop me yeah, off at the tattoo shop? Yeah, my dad's a preacher. <laughs> He's been a preacher for like 30 years, but... So yeah. So let me ask you this then. Yeah, ask me. With your dad being a preacher, you being a PK, a preacher's kid. Yeah. When you decided that you're going to dedicate your life to tattooing, how did the family take <laughs> that? I get asked that a lot, and it's really funny. My dad would send me job applications to my email every single day. <laughs> I still get them. Like uh, I don't know if he signed me up for like Indiana Career Connect or something, but and I and now that I'm a, a, a parent, it's like, man, I get it. But oh yeah, yeah. It was like I, I, he wanted me to be financially stable, you know. And tattooing, it's, it's feast or famine. You either you're either making money or you're broke. Dude, believe me, being a musician, I totally. Oh, know for that. sure. And I mean, he wasn't wild about it. it. It was never like a big. It was never like a biblical objection to it. It was more like a, a parental like you really need to get your stuff together, dude. You know. Yeah. And then you know, three four years into me tattooing, I'm paying my own bills and providing for my family. It was like okay, yeah. Cool. Well, he's got to feel pretty good now that you own a shop. And yeah. Yeah. The other day he told me he was proud of me, and that made me feel good. So, yeah. That's all. Have you ever tattooed your dad? No. I think he told me one time I could tattoo his dead body, so I need to get that in writing. <laughs> get that. Get a contract. No, going I don't think he's not, the, he's not the type for it. But <laughs> Have you tattooed any of your family members? Um, I tattooed cousins. I tattooed my brother and sister. Um, they both have tattoos. One of my first tattoos I ever did was on my sister's leg. But uh, outside of that, yeah, my uncle, I tattooed my dad's brother one time. He was the first tattoo I ever saw. Um, him and actually him and yeah, he, he, his was the first tattoo I ever saw. But yeah, outside of that, my family's not really heavily tattooed. So when did you actually kind of, you know, everybody gets a couple tattoos when they're young. Yeah. When did you decide, I'm, I mean, not even to be a tattoo artist, but just to heavily tattoo your body? Ooh, probably when I started tattooing, I... It's almost like uh, you wouldn't go to a doctor who doesn't go to the doctor. So dude, it's dude, like, let me tell you, when I went to get, I think my second or third tattoo, I was in college. Yeah. And I went to this guy in Indianapolis. I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, I was getting a tattoo. I can't remember even what tattoo it was, but yeah. I said, do you have any tattoos? He's like, no. <laughs> so I was like, well, then why the hell are you going to tattoo me if you don't even have one? Right, yeah. So, and it didn't turn out. Very yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't go to a barber who doesn't get a haircut. Yeah. You yeah. know? So <laughs> when I started getting, when I started tattooing, it was like, man, if I really want to show respect to what I'm doing, I gotta, I gotta start getting pretty heavily tattooed. So I started getting tattooed by guys I'd worked for or worked with. And yeah, you learn a lot that way too. 
I, I notice you don't have your throat done. I don't. Yeah, I don't suggest getting yeah, your throat done. Yeah, one day I'd like to, but for now, yeah, it's just not in the cards. So uh, I'll tell you mine, but you tell me yours. Yeah. Most painful tattoos that you've got. Okay. You yeah. can tell me yours first if you want, or I've already got mine lined up. <laughs> oh, you tell me first. Okay, so the most painful as I was getting it is my throat. Yeah. It was ungodly. I mean, I just, I thought I was going to die. It was a three-hour tattoo. Shout out to Jason Fritz down oh, in Florida. Fritz my favorite tattooer. Oh, that's he painted Fritz. that. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, Fritz did my throat and both sides of my neck. And the, both, the sides of my neck weren't bad, but the throat, man, it was just, you can't swallow. No. You can't breathe. You have to like hold your breath as he's making a pass. It yeah. Was, and it's full coverage on my neck. So it's, it's pretty bad. But uh, the next most painful, but it wasn't that bad getting it, but it was the healing process was my kneecap. Oh, I, be, I believe you. And that was uh, my buddy Shauncey down in Pensacola. Awesome. He's a he's a good guy, man. He it hurts so bad though. Is it the tiger? Yeah, the tiger. It looks on my good. Ear. It's bright still. It's still pretty bright. Yeah, he did a really really good job. And yeah. I just two days after that, it was so sore and like all that blood goes down to your kneecap. Yeah, and, gravity, man. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> Okay, so your most painful tattoos. Um, Go ahead and give me like two or three. Yeah, oh, I got several. They all hurt so bad. Um, my stomach, I have like my, my torso outlined from like my my waistline up to my, just below my shirt line. And I mean, the guy that did it, he tattooed pretty slow and meticulously. I mean, it took a good six to eight hours to do it. And right around my nipples was like just the worst. I remember... There's a video online of me just screaming, just blood-curdling scream, because it was, man, it's unbearable. And then the back of my neck, I was straight edge a long time ago, and I had an X there, and uh, it ended up getting real scarred up. And I got it covered up by my good buddy Jeremy, and Jeremy loved me, and he didn't want to hurt me, so he's like going real easy on me. But that just <laughs> made it twice as bad, because it took way longer than it should have, you know? I remember just screaming at him, like, hurry up, man, hurry up. What are your feelings on, like, Bactine and, like, numbing stuff? I'm a firm believer in it. Yeah. But I've never had anybody use it on me because everybody tattoos me don't believe in it. Fritz, when Fritz was doing my throat, he used a little bit, and I will say it took the edge off, yeah. but it didn't do enough. <laughs> right, yeah. I think it's more a mental thing, you yeah. know, like you tell somebody, I'm about to numb this up. I do that occasionally, and I feel bad, like, admitting to it, but, you know, I don't usually keep Bactine, like, stocked here. But yeah. I have witch hazel and it smells kind of funky, like Bactine. So witch hazel feels really good, like yeah. after you've got tattooed and so, put it on there. Yeah. So people are like in a lot of pain. I'm like, let me grab the numbing stuff. We'll take a break and I'll just put some witch hazel on there. And then I come back ten minutes later. It's like, thank you. That feels so much better. You know, sometimes <laughs> you just need that mental help. You yeah. know. <laughs> so uh, let me think. I'm trying to think. This this hurts a little bit worse than that. Yeah. <laughs> the girls are always more painful. You're doing a great job, though. Thank He's a. Currently, he's doing double pike letters of my daughter's name, Indy, I-N-D-I, and her name is Indy, that's it, not <laughs> not Indigo or anything like that. Not short for anything else. Ah, oh, man, that is painful as fuck right there. Okay, back back to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, let's get into the music side of things. Yeah, let's do it. Now, you know, I'm a punk rock guy, I'm a metal guy. Yeah. What was your first like big entrance into music, like genre wise, or what did you hear first that got you interested? Uh, I know that you you said you're in choir. I know yeah. you've, you've been in bands and whatnot. Yeah. So what did it for you for music? Um, my first entrance into like the music that I really enjoyed, I'd say it was punk rock for sure. My I have an older brother, and he was like a Liberty Spikes dude in high school, <laughs> and he's let's see, he's three years older than me, and. Uh, 
he was going and buying like all the punkorama fat music for fat people all those compilations and stuff and i was hearing it and i was really into it and that was like the the very very first entrance into punk rock for me and then yeah it was all downhill from there what was it before punk rock though were you like just uh, in the radio music? Oh, church music yeah I, i've always liked country music okay my parents like country music but uh yeah i uh, my dad used Whoa, to doing pink? oh yeah pink. <laughs> you got me talking man i know this podcast almost had my daughter's letters being blue <laughs> well blue to pink blue we have faded yeah. it no, the, the Eagles, I used to like the Eagles when I was a kid. My dad had a CD of them, and I liked that. And I've always liked Meatloaf, the dude Meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. Just the one song that I think everybody likes, Anything that to Love. I would do anything yeah, That's for my karaoke love. song. All right, this one's a pink one, right? Okay. Yeah, this is the pink <laughs> <laughs> I was vigilant. Yeah, smart. Oh, but yeah, that was probably it. And then choir music. I still listen to choir music and musicals. I I love all that stuff. I got into punk rock when I was probably 10 or 11. I didn't start choir until I was 14. So I had a good three or four years of just punk rock and country. So what punk bands, I know you mentioned the, the fat comps and the epitaph comps, yeah. but name like your top three or four bands that really did it for you. Mm. Bad Religion was always a big one for me. Um, Being a, a PK, that's, that's yeah, kind of funny. Awkward. Yeah, I, funny story. I remember... It was the uh, the record that had the uh, brain fart, but inside the sleeve was the poster. You could fold it out, and it was like the guy praying, you know, and he had like, oh, the yeah. dress shirt. I was on the back of my door in my bedroom. I remember drawing that thing three or four times, but yeah, it, it never got questioned by my parents. My brother had a Bad Religion shirt, like with the cross, like the crossbreaker shirt, you know? Yeah, I had that too. My mom was like, what is that Yeah, mean? I'm pretty sure he got questioned about that, but... I'm pretty sure Greg Graffin spent his summers in Indiana as a kid, so that made it a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Bad Religion, No Use for a Name, was always huge for me. Um, the Ataris, obviously, just from them being from my hometown and me going to church with Chris's family, that was that was huge. And then tell uh, the story about Chris getting baptized. <laughs> okay, people will love that story. I would. I would, sorry, Chris, if you ever hear this, <laughs> <laughs> he probably will. So, a little backstory. Chris's parents, Tony and Bill, rest in peace, Bill, they went to my parents' church. Bill is such a great guy. He was a great dude. He's actually the one that really introduced me to a lot of the music I listen to now. I don't think I ever saw him without an Atari's hat on right. or a shirt. You know? he, uh, they sat behind my parents in church, and like I'd always see him, you know, and I was walking up to church one day, and they'd always park this little like Kia, like a little silver car out front, and they had a warp tour tour laminate hanging from the rear view and i was like who is this you know and i finally put two and two together that you know that's who it was and then i found out their last name was Roe, and it's like oh snap that's chris's parents because i knew that gladys that was almost like a surrogate grandmother to me was his great grandmother i believe and we that halloween we'd always go to her house first her apartment whatever and um Chris would burn me, or Bill would burn me Atari CDs, like bootleg Atari CDs. And uh, one day Chris showed up to church and uh, I was like, what? <laughs> and then he was talking to my dad. He's always been real friendly with my dad. And then he got baptized eventually. He came, I don't know, a handful of times. We got baptized by my dad after church. I wasn't in there. I was out in like the lobby, I think. But my dad was said, that's the only person I've ever baptized that had black fingernails and black toenails. And <laughs> toenails? Was he wearing flip flops? 
<laughs> I, I think he was just stripped down. He was as naked as they come. I don't know. But yeah, I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. Like, man, he got baptized with black fingernails. <laughs> I started sharpening my fingernails. And he had blonde <laughs> hair back then, like the longer blonde yeah, yeah, yeah. scene hair. It was it was rad. But that was when I first met Chris. That's awesome, man. And I know the way that I kind of connected with you is that here a couple years ago, Chris was on tour and he came and got tattooed by you. And I had just moved back to Indiana and I asked Chris, Hey, do you know any good tattoo artists? He's like, you got to go to Jacob. You got to go to Jacob. So that's sweet of him. Chris is the reason you and I are friends. So. <laughs> Here we go. Oh yeah. What is this stuff? For this doing? is the stencil stuff for this your stint? Alexis oh. on Fire DLC. Yeah. And I want everybody out there to know I'm a huge Alexis on Fire fan and oh, we wanted yeah. to make sure we had enough time. So we're doing a bunch of little tattoos, <laughs> which it's hard enough to talk anyway. Yeah, right? So, distracting. Uh, yeah, so, you know, we... <laughs> We're going to do more. If I was going to do, like, a back piece or something, there would be no talking. No, there'd be this. a lot of crying and <laughs> gnashing of teeth. Let's see. Hold your hand up. There, there you go. go. So I know you recently, I guess not recently, but fairly recently, became a father. Yeah, 14 months ago, yeah. And I, I'm a father as we're getting, you know, I'm getting my kids' names. Yeah. So you have a little girl. I do. Yeah. How have you found, you know the whole dad life thing. It's so great. It's like, it's the coolest thing I ever did. Yeah, me too, man. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's the, it's very taxing, but it's extremely rewarding, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's awesome. That looks wonderful, man. Cool. Filling Sweet. in the gaps, right? Filling in the gaps. Pop the picture up so I don't mess it up. <laughs> that looks really good. Sweet. So everybody out there in podcast land, if you know, we're going to keep talking, this is going to be a long episode, but if you are in Anderson, Muncie, central Indiana area, you've got to come to permanence. They are, you know, not only is Jacob on the show right now, but they also are a sponsor of the show. And I've got to say, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for yeah, being man. a sponsor. Anything. This is literally the best shop in the state that I've been in. I love it. It's thank you. That's it's so sweet. very nice. And uh, you were at another location. What made you guys come to this new location? Man, I want to be downtown so bad. Um, there's a lot of cool people in Anderson doing big things for downtown. And um, I know it's going to blow up. And I, I saw my opportunity and I swooped in and got in while the rent was cheaper. Yeah. But yeah, I, I always want to be downtown. This street specifically does a lot of really cool things for the art community. So I'm, I really needed to be here and I'm glad I'm here. Have you noticed kind of an uptick in walk-ins and whatnot? For sure. Cause I know yeah. that last place you guys were at was kind of over on the, what, what side of town we was it? North into town, North into town. On, a, on a pretty busy road and we were right at a stoplight. So if you're cruising down that road, you're going like 45 miles an hour and uh, you're not looking for a little tattoo sign. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so it was really not rare, but it was uncommon to get a walk in there. But, here, I mean, I tattoo a lot of courthouse people, um, a lot of businessy types that are walking constantly, getting food down the street or whatever. They'll walk by, and it kind of piques their interest, and then they'll eventually come back. What was? Uh, do you have like a weird tattoo story, like something like a spot or just a person that was a little bit overzealous, anything like that? I got a lot of them. Well, let's get into uh, it, man. I I had my first client get arrested in the middle of the tattoo. In the middle long, of like the tattoo, three weeks ago. <laughs> Wow. That was something. Yeah. So I'll have it like that. Perfect. That's perfect. Um, and just know I've got a lot of stuff. We can keep going. Oh, so <laughs> you cool. can hit any of this stuff you want. Yeah, man. Man. <laughs> yeah. I was tattooing this guy's wife's name on his arm and like two letters into the name cops rolled in like four of them by the end of it. There were seven of them, but the cops rolled in and took him to jail. 
Would they just like walk up and go, hey, is this so-and-so? Or Well, they were outside, and uh, one of my guys here, Craig, was outside smoking a cigarette, and I guess the, the cops walked up, and they were like, is that guy in there so-and-so? And he's like, no, that's Jacob, you know? And they're like, no, the other guy getting tattooed, he's like, I don't know. And they walk in and tap my client on the shoulder, and like, you're coming outside with us, and we'll see what happens from there. And he never came back. He's still in jail. <laughs> did you get to finish the tattoo? Oh, no. I'm sure somebody in jail did. I didn't wipe the stencil off, so I mean... Wait, so you had you started? Oh, yeah, I was two letters in. Okay. Yeah. He has the letters IE on his arm somewhere. Poor guy. <laughs> I felt bad. I wanted to either finish it or get paid. But yeah, yeah. Neither one happened. You should you should bill the police. <laughs> I. What's funny is I went outside, and I knew a couple of the officers that were here, and uh, I said, hey, who do I bill for this tattoo? Do I bill the city? And uh, the guy I knew was like, oh, he didn't pay you? And I thought he was already gone at the jail. And he's, I said, no, he didn't pay me. And he opens the back door of this cop car. He's like, you're not going to pay this dude for this effing tattoo? And I was like, oh, my God. This guy's going to never forget me. You know, He's going <laughs> to come back and skin me alive. But. So have you ever had, like, just a weird spot for a tattoo? Yes. Oh, yes. I, I, I don't tattoo genitals, male or female. Just I mean, I remember when I was young looking at tattoo magazines, they always had, like, the fly on the head of a dick. Like, right, yeah. Who the fuck would get their dick tattooed? Nobody in their right mind. Somebody who wants to show it off. And people that want to show off their wiener aren't people I want to hang out with. So lonely people get, get that. Yeah, I mean, at what part of, like, other than, like, your significant other or whatever, at what, like, social situation are you going to be, hey, do you want to see the fly on the end of my dick? I just never right, understood yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's you've seen like those pictures, though, right? on, Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like getting your name on your butt, you know, you're just yeah. doing that. So at the bar, you'd be like, I bet you 10 bucks, I got your name on my butt. Yeah, yeah, I bet you do, man. And those people that would get the, I mean, there's no offense to anybody out there that has it, but the, like the mustache on the inside of their finger. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one, it, that one, and the camel on the big toe, those kind of they came and went, you know, yeah, just like the tattoo data because they probably faded away, <laughs> but yeah, they're not so hot anymore, probably for a good reason. So, have you, uh, like, what was the, the weirdest place that you've ever tattooed, though? Oh, yeah. Um, Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, this hurts a little So there's bit. a video game, and I guess in the video game, there's a gun maker called Jacobs, and they make a belt buckle that says Jacobs. And this guy wanted this belt buckle where a normal belt buckle would sit, which is like oh, right above your junk, you yeah. know, like right in your pube area. And my name is Jacob. And so I had to tattoo... In big bold letters, Jacobs, right above this dude's wiener, like property of me. And uh, I never saw the guy again. But that was, it was the most uncomfortable thing I've ever done because my arm is just sort of laying on his junk. You know, it was just, it was awkward. Do you kind of upcharge that a little bit? No, he was a nice dude. No, <laughs> no, I didn't upcharge him. I've always wondered because, you know, you'll, when I wanted to get my throat done, Fritz, yeah. Fritz at first was kind of like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dude, I can. I swear to God, I'll sit like a rock. And Right. But there are those places where you might know from experience you just don't want to start it because people might not finish it. Right, yeah. Or there, or it's like a very uncomfortable position for the tattooer to sit. Like yeah. The throat is it's just as awkward for the client to sit there with their head tilted backwards, all the blood rushing to their head, as it is for the tattooer to try and cram two hands between your, like, in that weird spot between your collarbone and your jaw. Yeah. You know, so that's, sometimes they tax you on that just for how uncomfortable it is, you know. What's your longest session that you've done? Um, probably six hours. I tattooed yeah. my buddy's butt for, like, six hours one time. 
Yeah, that was pretty cool. What did he get on his butt? He, he's the sweetest guy. He got a werewolf, like a, almost like a somewhat realistic, artsy, abstracty werewolf on his butt cheek. And it's only because he wanted to like push me artistically because he yeah. thought I was capable of more, and I didn't. And I, you know, whatever. But he just wanted to see if I could do it. So we tattooed his butt all night, one night. Ah, man, I don't have anything on my butt. Yeah, me neither. I don't know how that'll hair, feel. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they always say that where there's more meat, it doesn't hurt as bad. But I, I can't imagine that not hurting. Yeah, I feel like it burns so bad. Yeah, totally. Well, like the inside of your bicep, where that skin's so like soft and like thin. Yeah, like I have. I have there one time, yeah. you know. Like, yeah, oh, I, I have both of mine done, and I, I feel it felt like someone was holding a lighter. For sure. To my, it was so bad. Yeah, miserable. And you have to be so careful about the healing process down there. Right, too. deodorant. You got to stink for a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, lines are. Why are lines so bad? Is it because it's one point? It's all, you know what I mean? Like if it's a mag and it's, it's multiple it's spread out. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say yes. I mean, and it's also like the motion when you're shading, it's like a broad covering a lot of area. So it's, it's broken up. It's not so isolated to one tiny little spot, you know, yeah. with a line, I'm just like dragging a dull blade across your skin. <laughs> so you, you, you mentioned before about, you know, the County and how the, the laws are and mm-hmm. like, you know, the safety procedures and probably, you probably had to get, a certificate of something. Yeah. What are most of like, you know, what are the levels or the things that you have to do to actually run a legal tattoo shop here in this county, which is Madison County? Yeah, Indiana. in this county, um, you got to be health, health department inspected, compliant with all their stuff. So um, it's really not too bad. You just, like, we're actually going through the licensing process again, the renewal tomorrow. But uh, yeah, you got to make sure you're zoned properly. You got to have an account with a sterilization company to pick up your dirty needles. Um, in this county, it's a little more different, or a little, a little more different. It's a little different. You have to get a physical before you can be licensed to tattoo here. You have to get the physical. Yeah, I have to get a physical. Yeah, and it used to be you had to get it every year. This year's is that just to year. make sure that like you're healthy enough to do to it? Sit down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of like truck driver. I think they have to get physicals too, but it's kind of strange. But now it's changed and. Now, every year after your first one, you just got to get a tuberculosis test. Okay. But, uh, yeah, you got to do that. Um, get a background check. Um, make sure you're not a criminal. And then um, pay a bunch of money. And that's pretty much it. Um, yeah. It's, it's a lot more simple than than it maybe should be in some ways. But, yeah. Um, really, it, anybody it, it does vary by county, correct? Oh, yeah. Uh, Delaware County and Muncie, I... When I worked there, it was a lot simpler. I went and paid, and it was very cheap. I think it was like $75. I paid that, and uh, they never came and inspected me. I just went to work. Wow. And here we get regular inspections, and it's a lot more money than $75. Um, but, yeah, and there's some counties where there's nothing. I, in Greenfield, when I worked there, there was no no ordinance for tattooing, so literally you could just open a shop in your garage, and you were good to go. So around here in Madison County, do you have a lot of competition? I think there are six shops in Madison County. Okay. Um, maybe five or six. And I would I would say no. I think we all have our own clientele. You know, each shop does a kind of a specific thing. Um, my shop, I would say, is probably the only one that offers, like, you know, good, clean, traditional tattoos around yeah. here. 
everybody else kind of black and gray realism or like new school stuff, you know? I like it when people are like, I want to get a watercolor tattoo. And I'm yeah. like, so in four years, you just want to have a bunch of streaks yeah. of color on your skin. You basically just said, I want to get touch-ups forever. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, they, they have their merit, but, you know. So what's your favorite tattoo that you've given someone and your favorite tattoo that you actually wear on your body? Mm, my favorite tattoo I've given to somebody. I, w- I did a cool creature from the Black Lagoon tattoo, and that's that's the first one that popped up in my head. Um, it was like a creature from the Black Lagoon inside of like a Valentine's Day heart, like the old vintage cards. Yeah. And that one was really cool. Like the background is all like confetti dots, like pink, blue, white, yellow dots. And it's on a good friend of mine, good client, the tattooer for a long time. So that's probably off the top of my head the favorite tattoo I've given. Okay. And you say what my favorite tattoo I have is? Yeah, that you have on your body. Mm. It could be like, because it looks really good, or it could yeah. be, you know, it could be um, sentimental. I have a lot of tattoos that look like shit, but they mean something yeah. to me. Yeah. It's a tie, I think. I mean, the, my favorite tattoo, I would say my favorite tattoo I have, I did on myself. Really? Uh, so that could be like a double whammy. I, uh, I did this cool little leaf here on my arm. Have you ever seen the movie, I think it's called The Odd Life of Timothy Green? Yeah, yeah. So, okay, um, it's a great movie. But, like, he loses leaves, and when he loses the last leaf, he goes away. Um, spoiler alert, if you've never seen it. <laughs> but uh, my wife and I lost a baby uh, December 23rd, 2016. Oh, sorry and to hear so, that, man. Yeah, thank you, man. But uh, I kind of always swore I wouldn't, like, tattoo myself again. Cause it really hurts, you know. Nobody oh yeah, wants to, like hurt themselves. Well, well, the thing about tattooing yourself, it hurts, but you're inflicting that pain upon yourself. Yeah, and you can stop at any point because yeah. you know you can stop. But when someone else is doing it, you're like, no, I don't want to say stop. Yeah. But I did that one on myself, and I gave one to my wife too. But it's like right there on top of my forearm, surrounded by other pretty good tattoos. But that's, I'd say, that's my favorite, tied with a my pig with wings. Pig with wings. Yeah, my flying awesome. pig. I awesome. really like that one. <laughs> I didn't do that one. <laughs> so let's we'll go back to the music side of things. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So uh, best live band you've ever seen? Oh, it's not even a band. It's one man, Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. He is the performer of the lifetime. I have never seen him live, but man, I've seen like videos, and the guy is a showman. It's he's, an experience. He's insane. It's like he's high on cocaine for three hours straight. <laughs> he might be, huh? I wouldn't carry the way, but he, he was high on something when he came up with Chris Gaines. He was. That was a knowledge bomb. He just was like, "This is gonna work," and then it, 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 it kind of worked. People I remember when he about it. when he like hosted Saturday Night Live. Oh, what man. didn't he host? And then Chris Gaines was the musical guest. Probably. I think that's what it was. That poor guy. He can't win. But <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen him. My wife and I've seen him twice, maybe three times. And yeah, I know the tickets are hard to get too. Yeah, I had three things going at once, refreshing constantly to lock down tickets. And, uh, oh, I made it. I was there. That's all. And he hadn't been to Indy for a long time. No, yeah. I, I saw him on his first concert back from retirement in Chicago. And then my wife and I caught him uh, actually while she was like nine months pregnant in Indianapolis. Wow. And that was great. But, yeah, he's the best best singer. I'd say the hardcore band Half Heart was probably the best band I've seen. Live. Okay. Have you ever seen Propagandi or Propagandi? No. They are the tightest, most precise band I've ever really? seen in my entire life. I saw Authority Zero. Oh, they're great. And they were so good live. I'd never really listened to them before, but they just sounded so clean live. Yeah. I was so impressed. 
So what is your, uh, let's say, favorite venue around here to go see shows? Um, I always loved going to the Emerson Theater when I was a kid. The bathrooms are gross. I went to my first concert ever there. So uh, that's kind of... What was your first concert ever? It was the Ataris. Awesome, (laughs) Uh, man. Sugar Colt and Rufio. Cool. And Marco's uh, from Sugar Colt's been on the show. Shout out to Marco. Awesome. I know he listens sometimes. Yeah, Chris's dad drove me down there. He picked me and my best friend up at the time. <laughs> VIP he, treatment, man. He drove us down and we got to hang out on the tour bus the whole night. That's and, awesome. And we had to watch the show from backstage. That's, that's your first concert. My, I was like, I think I was in seventh grade. Wow. And it was the cool. I, it was my first time stage diving. It was it was so cool. But yeah, that uh, that was awesome. Okay, my first concert was the cult opening for metallica oh man i thought that was rad yeah it was like 1989 i think and it was really? at the coliseum in fort wayne and it changed my life that's the year i was born <laughs> i'm old as shit man no you're aging you're aging well <laughs> thank you very much but yeah i saw that and then i also a couple years later i saw <clears throat> the weird thing was i saw skid row which was great and people out there skid row is not a hair band Skid Row is different. You got to listen to some Skid Row. But I saw Pantera open for Skid Row, and then Vulgar Display blew up, or maybe it was Cowboys blew up, and they came back through Indy, because I saw them in Fort Wayne, like two or three months later, came back through Indy, and Skid Row was opening for Pantera on the same oh, tour. They I just love flipped. the Pantera. It was great, man. I mean, Dimebag was something special on the guitar, you know? Oh, for sure. So what kind of metal do you like? I know we've talked about punk rock. Yeah, I like, um, I don't know. I was really into like early 2000s, like metalcore. Okay. You know? like I, I was really into Killswitch. Poison the Well. Dying. My wife liked a lot of Poison the Well. I never really listened to them. Oh, or gave dude, them they're so good. Shot. And then uh, I, I listened to metal and like metalcore for a couple of years, and I got really into like hardcore music. And then I played in a band that played like hardcore music. So cool. yeah, hardcore kind of took over after that. So uh, I, I've talked about this with a couple other people. You mentioned that you were straight edge for a while. Yeah. I had a lot of friends growing up that were straight edge. I never really did much anyway, so I just didn't join the club. Right, yeah. You didn't but click up. Yeah. what was it for you that got you away from that? I mean, because, you know, you and I were outside smoking cigarettes earlier. Yeah. Like, um, a lot of my friends that, you know, everybody kind of has an epiphany. Like, I'm not saying straight edge is bad. Yeah, but for sure. At what point was it not the right fit for you? The people I was running around with... Um, it, let's see, it started to become something other than what I thought it should have been. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it kind of puts a bad taste in your mouth and like you want to differentiate yourself from anybody who also holds that title, you know? Yeah. And uh, just run around with some rough and tumble dudes that were causing trouble for no reason. And uh, then some bad stuff like happened in my world. And I thought, well, hey, perfect time to go get a pack of cigarettes. Because <laughs> I smoked cigarettes and drank before I was straight edge. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, well, I know what to do. Let's go get some Mike's Hard Lemonade and <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> so uh, what, when was that? What year did you stop? Let's see. That was 2011. Okay. Yeah. So do you still have friends that are still edge? Yeah. Yeah, I still tattoo guys that are straight edge. And uh, I got nothing but respect for those dudes. You know, um, yeah, I... I have a lot of friends that are still in it and involved with it in some way, you know, and yeah, more power to them. So speaking of like, you know, doing the straight edge tattoos, Mm -hmm. have you ever been asked to do like a tattoo that you found offensive or that you didn't want to do? Oh yeah. Because I'm sure that happens quite a bit. 
I've only turned away one tattoo ever, and it was a guy from the Ku Klux Klan. Wow. Which, this area, Madison County... It's probably hot and heavy at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know Elwood, which I think is in the same county. It is. Elwood was like where they started. Yeah, they used to be in like parades, I think. Yeah, yeah. They used to have Klan parades, but I was in Greenfield at the time, and a guy came in, and he said he wanted to get this tattoo touched up on his arm, and I was like, I don't know what it is. And... uh, I said, what's the symbol? And his son said, show him your business card, Dad. And I was like, business card? Okay. And he pulls out his business card. He was like the treasurer for the Ku Klux Klan. Wow. And I said, no, dude, I can't do that. You know. And he's like, what about putting like an American flag behind it? Oh, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> but I left the Klan logo alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's the only thing that's ever happened as far as like something heinous like that where I had to turn it away. I always wondered because, you know, people that have swastikas and shit yeah, like i'm not into that i mean i think you'd almost have to be a pretty you know not a very ethical kind of scrupulous guy to if someone walks in your shop like i'll do whatever you want man yeah, just you gotta pay be like me a, a purely a capitalist at that point you yeah. know i and then the clan guy for example he got kind of upset as to why i wouldn't do it and i said well I'm not saying you're a bad person at all. You might be a great. I don't agree with your ideals. Yeah, and you're going to go back to your clan buddies. And I don't know any of them, so they might be bad dudes. And then they're going to want me to do their clan tattoo. And then before you know it, I'm the clan guy. And I don't (laughs) want to be the clan guy. Just like we're doing swastika, you know, like if you want to get one, hey, that's that's your own deal. But I don't want to be the guy. I don't want to be the middleman between you and that poor decision. Yeah. Yeah. Has there ever been, uh, this is probably a yes question. Yeah. Has there ever been a poor decision that was just kind of a dumb poor decision that you're like, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, it happens a lot with like people getting each other's names. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll, I will gladly let you make that decision all day long because I believe in love. <laughs> and I'm, a, I'm a hopeful that it will always work out. That's why I'm only getting my kids' names. Right, yeah. They used to say the only safe woman or safe name to put on you is mom, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's names are one of those where it's always kind of iffy. You know, I got my wife's name on me three or four times, and yeah, it's a we made a death pact, so <laughs> I ain't worried about it. But yeah, names are popular. That's awesome, man. So let's uh, we'll go down another tangent because I'm enjoying this, and actually doesn't hurt that bad. Good, I'm going easy on you. Yeah, it's really it looks great too. Awesome. But uh, so television. Okay. Are you a Game of Thrones guy? Man, I've been asked that three times a day. I've never watched it. Not because I don't want to. I just, I don't, I just haven't. So you're not one of those like people like, oh, I never watched one episode. I'm the coolest fucker in the world. <laughs> no, I, I haven't watched it merely out of not watching it. Yeah, I just haven't tried it yet. I got too many shows I'm into right now. <sighs> so what are you into right now? Uh, Walking Dead. I'm really Walking into that. Dead. And you still those... like it? Because I love it still, and people are always like, you still watch that show? Well, and I think I still love it because I never watched it until recently. Yeah. My wife got me onto it when she was pregnant. I took a couple months off to spend time with her before she had the baby, and then after to spend time with the baby. And uh, she was always into it, and she said, let's watch The Walking Dead start to finish. And Sure. And, yeah, I'm hooked on that. And I watch a show called Justified. I'm almost, I think I've seen a couple of those. It's really good. I enjoy it. Um, Walton Goggins is in it, and I love him to death. So, yeah, I'm just I'm, and Roseanne. We watch a lot of. We used I to love watch a Roseanne. Lot of Roseanne and Parks and Rec, <laughs> The Office. What do you think about uh, the whole Roseanne thing? It sucks. It it, it, it sucks a, to me a because really bad situation. I know? loved that new 
the new like the new, reboot. Like, reboot, yeah. And I still like the Connors, but I, it's just different. I haven't, I haven't tried to watch the Connors. I watched the first episode of the Roseanne reboot, and I thought it was just it was perfect. It, it was, was perfect. Just, it was just like old Roseanne, but yeah. with, but with older people, you know. And uh, it was just so funny. It had all the same elements that I loved about the old one, but I haven't tried the Connors, and I I wish that. Uh, they could make it right and get back together. <laughs> so my wife and I have a theory about the the new Roseanne, though. Uh-huh. Now you've seen probably every episode of the old one, right? Absolutely. Okay, so do you remember when DJ Connor was going to be in the play? Okay. And he didn't want to do it because he had to, he kiss, had to kiss a black girl. A black girl. Yeah, yeah. Well, on the new Roseanne, he's married to a black girl. To a black girl. Yeah, because they have, they have a kid, right? And you don't yeah. see the wife in the first couple episodes. Yeah, of she's the new she's show. like in Afghanistan or and whatever. They, and they met in the military. Yeah. Well, that's kind of funny that they did that. No, I and mean, I think like somebody. I'm not saying it's the same girl from from oh, elementary but school. That be something. It could be, but I mean, it's kind of an Easter egg mm. that I, if, if you like Roseanne, you that's probably. Good. Yeah. I like that. Good job, Roseanne. <laughs> Well, and I, the thing that I hated too, I mean, and I'm not saying anything she said was good or right. Yeah. Stupid. It's stupid. But I'm also saying that, you know, I don't hate people's art because of how they think. Right. You know, like that it's, I think that's something that's new in this generation, in this era of time, because I mean, think about like Bach or Mozart. Yeah. How fucked up people thought back then. Oh yeah. But their art is amazing. Yeah. I'm sure and, if you knew them in a personal, personal way, you'd probably, it may make you uh, dislike some of the work that they've done, but. Well, I'll tell you, I still, I love the band brand new. Oh yeah. And there's so much shit out then there. And all that stuff came out. Yeah. yeah. About Jesse. And I'm like, okay, you sound like maybe you're not the coolest dude in the world, but yeah. I still love your records. Yeah. I'm still going to listen to it and cry. Yeah. You know, what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? It it just really sucks and you just kind of have to differentiate the two. Yeah. You know, like just enjoy art for what it is or enjoy the work they put out for what it is. Cuz if you just try to take everything they do in their personal life into account, you're not going to like anything. Well, and that's where, you know, Twitter and Facebook and everything kind of kind of sucks because I mean, I'm not a fan of Trump. I yeah. I've I've never made that. I'm I'm not like anti-political whatever right, on your soapbox yeah but i'm like you know i would like the dude a lot better or i just would be super more neutral if he would just not use twitter i think he'd be a, a lot of an easier pill to swallow if he would just not talk yeah if he would just do work and do the things that maybe he's done or hasn't done i don't follow it but just keep his mouth shut i feel like people would like him a lot more yeah i, I totally agree but you're mixing your personal life with the stuff you're trying to put out there for people to see and it's like man those two things do not go together well. Well, and it's even like Kevin Hart. Yeah. That whole thing, he was going to host the Oscars, mm-hmm. and then they dug up like 10-year-old tweets. Right. That were horrible tweets. Yeah. He should not have said that. Right. But people's lives get destroyed for words they type on their phone. Right. And I really like the way he handled it, too. Oh, he, yeah. He, he apologized about 20 times. He's like, listen, I'm not going to apologize anymore. Yeah. I'm a human being. You don't want everything you've ever said put on blast. You he was know? great on Rogan's podcast. That's where I saw it. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was he awesome. Was just, he he was very apologetic for what happened, but I mean, it's true. If if everything I've ever done was put on blast, I doubt anybody would like me. I know, but that's why it's your. That's why you make mistakes, you move on. But people just hold things over your head, and it's not good. That's why I uh, I used to get very engaged on social media with people that I didn't agree with, mm-hmm. and. 
I actually lost some friends because of it. Yeah, it's a losing battle. And now I just I realize, and you might feel the same way. I mean, you and I, we don't talk politics. I don't know yeah. if we even align the same way. Right. But I do know that I grew up in the middle of the country, and I've gone out and done a lot of stuff, and then I've moved back. And a lot of my friends from here that I went to high school with, whatever, maybe haven't experienced some of the stuff that I've experienced in the world or whatever, and they're still kind of thinking the way that they think. And and I don't want to like, they're still my friend. Sure. We might not agree. Yeah. But I used to be so quick. Like, oh, someone said something on Facebook. Boom, 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 boom. Right. And now I'll boom, 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 boom. And before I hit send, I'm like, nah. Right. <laughs> I yeah. delete it. Yeah. My brother, he's a very outspoken political political guy on the like the left side of things and i'm straight down the middle i don't care either way i'm the same i uh, think that every politician is the same oh for sure i am uh i observe i don't i don't report yeah. i just want to see what everybody's doing and then just take it in process it poop it out but he'll call it like he sees it and he'll gladly go toe-to-toe with you on it and it's like i love you I don't want to get into it with you, so I just can't look at your social media stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, and some people are just so vocal about it, especially being like from small town Indiana. If you're. Because you and I, if we're middle of the road, kind of yeah. liberal with, I tell people I'm socially liberal. Yeah. Fiscally conservative. Yeah. The God stuff means nothing to me. Yeah. But I don't fault people for right. their beliefs. Yeah. It's yeah. just not for me. Right. Yeah. So. The thing is, if you're sort of along those lines, we are the minority for sure in this state. Yeah. You either have people that are hardcore right leaning because they were raised that way or just a product of their environment. Yeah. Or the polar opposite. And it's just people who are just straight up contrarians to everything they were raised around. Oh yeah. And I think that's just as bad. Oh, and it's, it's just as obnoxious. Yeah. Because it's like, you're only this way because everyone else is the opposite. Yeah. And it's like. I feel like if everybody would would look into their hearts, I think they'd realize that none of our care and emotion we put into any of the politics stuff matters at all. And just let the people who are in office do what they're going to do because what we say doesn't really make yeah, much of does, a difference. The thing is with Trump, you know, and I'm sure there's people out there that listen to this podcast that like him and people mm-hmm. that don't like him. For sure. I'm not a fan and I'm not telling you that you have to like fall in line because he's the president. Right. But unless they impeach him, Still president. He's still the fucking president. <laughs> yeah. Like nothing is going to change. He's going to do what he's going to do. Right. And hopefully in 2020, someone else gets in. But if they don't, you know what? Yeah. I got more taxes back this year because of Trump. I'm still not a fan. Yeah. I got money back for the first time in almost 10 years this year. There you go. That was pretty rad. I just, and I feel like all the people that were against Obama, they... They always, you know, like, well, he's not my president, blah, 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 blah. Right. But now we should all fall in line. Right. It's, yeah. I'm going to explain to you my theory on this country. Okay. And some people out there might not like this. I might get some mail or something. I don't know. But listen, every four years, somebody's team gets a chance to win. Mm-hmm. And every four years, the other people are going to be pissed for a while. But nothing ever really changes. Yeah. I mean, I wish it would. I wish, I mean, I don't want Trump to do bad. I want him to do great for the country. I'm not his fan, but dude, kick some ass. Yeah. I tell people all the time that there's never been a candidate in my lifetime, even before I was able to vote, that I could get behind, like I get behind my favorite band. Yeah. 
if there was somebody like that, and I mean, maybe like, you know, JFK, I mean, I remember my mom and people telling me that, you know, when he was running, like it was energizing and people, right. he was different. You feel it. Yeah. yeah. And I've just never, I feel like they all lie. They're all the same, no matter what color or what animal represents their party. Yeah. And I just wish there would be that one guy and I've never seen that. And I'm not saying, you know, Beto's a punk. I'm not saying that. Right. I'm saying like a guy that he could be as straight laced as possible, but every idea he has aligns with mine and I could just give my support to him 100%. And I don't think that's ever going to happen. Yeah, I doubt it. With the two party system, it's not going to yeah, happen. Yeah, I doubt it. Yeah. Because anybody else isn't going to get any attention. Yeah. You know? There may but be somebody out there, but we might not ever hear of them. Yeah, that's true. So, okay. So we are going to take a smoke break and yeah, let's uh, do it. We'll be right back and uh, we'll finish up with Jacob. My, my tattoos are looking great. I'm going to post some pictures here in a little bit. So uh, we'll be right back. And we are back. We had our smoke break, which it's funny because uh, I just found out that you're uh, training for a 5K. So the cigarette probably didn't help much. Oh, it's going to help a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. My wife wants to do a 5K in August. She ran a lot before we got pregnant. So, well, she got pregnant. I was just there, but... Yeah, we're going to do it. I'm going to run. I've never ran, so it'll be fun. That's crazy. And I know that uh, we can talk a little bit about the keto diet. Yeah. And I know this is kind of like those people like, oh, do you know about CrossFit? Right, yeah. <laughs> you ever done the Atkins diet? Yeah, people always used to really bug me with it. But I tell you, I've been on it now for seven weeks. I've lost almost 25 pounds. But you have insane results. Let's yeah. Let's hear about your results. Yeah, I started the diet January 2nd and... Uh, it's almost May and I've lost almost a hundred pounds. I'd say by the end of next week, I'll be at a hundred pounds. That's, that's crazy. I don't know if anybody, any of my listeners, I'm sure somebody out there probably does the diet. It's low carb, high fat, you know, so I try to stay around five or six carbs a day. Yeah. Was that what you'd kind of do? Yeah. I'd say five is like where I'm comfortable at on the weekends. I'll do. I had two yesterday. Did you? Oh, good job. I've had, <laughs> I've had none today. I eat once a day, but yeah, I try to do five at the most on the, on the weekends. I'll do 20 up to maybe 30 on like one meal. Yeah. But that's it. See, I, I don't know, man. I, at the beginning my wife was making fun of me. She's like, you'll never make it. You'll never make it. Yeah. And I am so particular and anal about it now. Yeah. Like it's weird. Like my, my kids trying to get me to eat French fries. No, yeah, I'm not going to eat the yeah. French fries. They don't sound good. No. I mean, and, and I, oh, man, we saw this thing last night and my wife made fun of me. It was a commercial for Sonic has a new like slushy mixed with a Red Bull. Oh man. And I looked at it and like, <laughs> oh my God, I want that so bad. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. But you and I too, and, and I've been, I've been putting this out there into the universe. I've emailed them. They've yet to email me back. Rockstar Energy, Exdurance, Ripped Red, no carbs, no calories. It's amazing. So Rockstar, please send me a bunch of free stuff. Right, yeah. That'd be rad. <laughs> but I know you drink that bang energy yeah, drink. I drink I drink two a day and a bunch of water. Are, or, you, a, are you a coffee guy? I do the bulletproof coffee occasionally. Uh, there's like a bulletproof diet where you just drink. That's the only thing you take in food or otherwise for the whole week is just two cups of that coffee. Yeah. And I'm going to do it. But I keep talking myself out of it, but I'm going to do it. My wife's been trying to do that, uh, the intermittent fasting yeah, that's kind of thing. I, I need to try that. It's really fun. Because like I'm stuck at like 24, 25 pounds off. It's, it's, it's plateaued. You change that one thing, even if you ate like crap and you just change that one thing, it's amazing, the results. Yeah. So I've, I'm just amazed that 
my whole life I've kind of been a chunkier guy. Yeah. Never been like a fat dude, but yeah. I've, I've always been like a bigger guy and yeah. this this really works. Yeah. I, I don't know how healthy it is. Yeah, I, I don't think it's been around long enough to see like the long-term results of it, but I think if you do it smart and you're not just shoving greasy meat in your face every single day it's probably all right the next step i mean we, we brought him up before but jason fritz tattoo artist down in florida i know he's on the carnivore diet yeah which is kind of i i feel like it's the next level yeah so i kind of do that but i eat dairy okay and so carnivore i love cheese i can't get away from that's cheese. the problem it's carnivore is like all meat and they do like grass-fed butter okay and that's it and it sounds good, but you got to get your blood work done and make sure like your cholesterol is not crazy and all that stuff. And I feel like this is the Jamie Josta podcast now <laughs> because we're talking. I about- love Jamie Josta. Hey, <laughs> he's always talking about like his sponsors because he's got you know. Oh the, really? You know, we need to talk about CBD oil next. And no, we'll be no, fine. <laughs> I don't do that. No. So uh, on a normal day, you know, maybe some people aren't interested. I'm interested, yeah. and this is my fucking show. So uh, what do you eat on a normal day? Every meal involves eggs. I love um, eggs. Yeah. yeah. So when I first started, I ate 60 eggs in one week. I was doing as many eggs as I could eat in one sitting each day, only eating one meal a day. Now I'm, I, so every day I go home and I cook usually four tablespoons of butter with four to five eggs. I usually do three, four ounces of cheese on those eggs and either like two, three strips of bacon or a little bit of sausage. I usually do like an extra meat with it. Um, I haven't had a vegetable in probably six months, and I should probably change that. I don't think I've had a vegetable in 40 years. <laughs> right. Well, that's the problem. I mean, it's not a problem, but on keto, vegetables are, it's, you either have to eat very, very small amounts of a lot of them. There's a lot of carbs in yeah. vegetables and like, fruit as well. Yeah, they're starchy, you know, yeah. but you can have like a lot of Brussels sprouts and asparagus. Um, broccoli, I think is okay too. And it's like small amounts of spinach, but it's just never been my thing. Like I like corn and peas yeah. probably cause they're just well, sugar. Yeah. You know, but yeah, every day for me, it's just eggs. Like tonight when I get done with this and I work out a little bit, I'm going to go home and fry up some eggs. <laughs> make some bacon. I'm going to eat a good meal with my family. That's awesome, man. I, uh, I'm weird. I, I, my wife doesn't like breakfast. I love breakfast. So I wake up and I am always in a hurry. So I don't, I make the eggs in the microwave. Yeah. Oh, I've never done that. Dude. That's a thing. I had never done it in my entire life. And I know they've got the egg wave. You can okay, get those, I've things. Seen those things. I don't use that. Okay. Here's what I do. I crack three eggs in a coffee mug. Okay. Okay. And I stir it all up, make yeah. sure it's all mixed up together. Put it in the microwave for two minutes. And they come out good? It's like scrambled eggs. Oh, no way. You got to try it. Now I want to try it. It depends on how many eggs. I think, yeah, two minutes for three, a minute and a half for like two. And it's good. Yeah, it's great. It's really? wonderful. I'm and what I tried it. the other day, because we, we were a big proponent of bacon bits. Okay. No carbs. Yeah. Not a lot of calories. Yeah. So the other day, I was like, I wonder, because I was always putting like that and salt and pepper and cheese on after. Okay. It's like, what if I just mixed it all together and then put it in the microwave? It was like an omelet. Like next level, huh? Next level is the best thing. Ever. That sounds, you know, I'm, I don't really get hungry on the diet, but I'm like, now I'm really one to eat. I haven't eaten since 10 o'clock this morning. So when I go home, I'm going to go crazy. I haven't eaten since eight, eight o'clock yesterday evening. Now, and I'll also say, and this is an Indiana thing. So a lot of you, you know, maybe some international listeners will get this. Cause when I lived in Jamaica, I ate it all the time. But chicken gizzards. I've never even had that. 
They're amazing. And on keto, what we did the other day, and <laughs> I can hear people like turning their podcast apps off. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm done with this. <laughs> no, like what we did the other day is pork rinds have no carbs. Yeah. They're amazing. I, I, I eat them before I even got on the diet. Yeah. But you can crush those up into the like the powder. Yeah. And use that to fry chicken mm, yeah and whatever the pork rinds the flavor they were flavors the chicken no way it's awesome that sounds great yeah and we did keto cheesecake recipe the other day okay yeah like half of a carb in each serving yeah. so good there's this guy uh i can't for the life of me remember what it's called but he has a facebook page and he does youtube videos about it's some kind of punk rock or hardcore keto chef no way yeah and he that's makes awesome. he made like a chocolate cake that had no carbs oh yeah it's good. awesome so we should probably stop with our diet talk yeah but uh jacob i want to thank you so much for yeah. being on the podcast thank you much you know respect and love and luck to your family in the future likewise and i love that we have a relationship now with the shop and the show uh, you are a very valued sponsor and uh, we'll have you back on the show in the future and i love that you guys out there uh, tell them where they can find you on social media as well as the shop and, you know, give the address number, whatever you want. Cause we have a lot of listeners in the area for sure. Um, I'm on Instagram. It's at Jacob Harrison tattoo. The shop is on there as well at permanence tattoo gallery. And then we have Facebook. Um, that's at permanence tattoo gallery. I have a personal Facebook, but unless you want to see <laughs> keto stuff, you know, you probably shouldn't be my friend. But yeah, we're downtown Anderson, Indiana at 1007 Meridian Street in beautiful, yeah, beautiful downtown Anderson. I'll um, tell you what's not beautiful is the work they're doing on the bridge. I had to take a uh, detour all the way down to the mall. It's terrible. And come back up, yeah. I'll tell you a shortcut for next time. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Come see me, man. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And everybody out there, if you are in central Indiana, go to Permanence Tattoo Gallery in downtown Anderson, Indiana. And signing off, this is Chris and Jacob. So there it was, my conversation with my good friend and my tattoo artist, Mr. Jacob Harrison. Uh, like I said, you guys, if you are in this area, the central Indiana area, you need to go to Permanence Tattoo Gallery over in Anderson, Indiana, downtown, 1007 Meridian Street. You can check them out, like I said, on all the social media platforms at Permanence Tattoo Gallery. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to get out of here. Like I said, I kept the intro short. I'm going to keep the outro even shorter. I would like to thank Jacob for coming on the show. And um, I can't wait to go get some more ink, man. But uh, next week on the show, uh, it's a big one for me. Mr. Dennis Buckley, singer for 88 Fingers Louie, is going to be on the program. 88 Fingers Louie is one of my favorite bands of all time. I uh, I know I say this about a lot of bands, but I have an 88 tattoo and uh, Dan from 88 Fingers Louie was also on the show back a, almost a year ago, over a year ago now. And uh, it was cool to get to talk to Dennis and hear the similarities and some of the, the differences in the stories that they tell. But uh, Dennis was a great guy. We had an awesome time. We had to like reschedule because he was going to see the Avengers Endgame. And we, we, we had the... He got tickets to it, and the, the podcast was like during the movie. So we had to reschedule, and everything worked out. We, we had him on, and it's awesome. And I can't wait for you guys to check that out. But that is next week. I want you guys to all have you know an awesome week. 
and go back and listen to a past episode. I've got, this is the 55th episode. There's so many good episodes. I mean, bands like The Offspring and Thrice and Thursday and even like ex-members of the Foo Fighters. Like there's so many good episodes. Go back and check them out. I would really appreciate it. And maybe you'll have a good time. You probably will have a good time. So I'm going to get out of here, but not before I play some music. And you're, you're thinking to yourself, well, what are you going to play? Well, Jacob and I both love hot water music. So I'm going to play one of my favorite hot water music songs. And hopefully, Jacob, if you're out there listening, you approve of this as well. So I'm going to play Trusty Chords from Hot Water Music. I will see you guys next week, like I said, with Mr. Dennis Buckley from 88 Fingers Louie. See you guys then. Chris out. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. 
Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the one-hit thunder or nothing more than a one-hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods.